Hello and welcome to the Hales Owen Apostolic Church. Apostolic meaning what God says, not what man thinks. Please enjoy this teaching and if you want more, visit the website at halesowenapostolicchurch.org. Um, so yeah, so ben, ben picked up one of the um, chapters and verses, which was Romans on Wednesday night. And then, goodness gracious, Lorna mentioned another one in her prayer this morning that is in here as well. So incredible that the coincidences that uh, God puts our, puts our way. So the title of today's talk, to be or not to be, that is the question. Or put another way, to be a Christian or not to be a Christian, what would you rather be? All of, all of us in this room and listening online today know the answer. But I suspect all of us at times need reminding of the incredible benefits we get from being a follower of Christ. This morning, I'm going to focus on some of the most well-known passages in the Bible to both encourage us and reinforce why we want to be rather than not to be. Let's start by looking at the characteristics of a follower of God. And the passage I want to focus on is Romans 12, 9 to 21. And this is headed up, behave like a Christian. Let love be without hypocrisy. Abhor what is evil and cling to what is good. Be kindly affectionate to one another with brotherly love, in honour giving preference to one another, not lagging in diligence, fervent in spirit, serving the Lord, rejoicing in hope, patient in tribulation, continually steadfastly in prayer, distributing to the needs of saints given to hospitality. Bless those who, who persecute you. Bless and do not curse. Rejoice with those who rejoice and weep with those who weep. Be of the same mind toward one another. Do not set your mind on high things but associate with the humble. Do not be wise in your own opinion. Repay no one evil for evil. Have regard for the good things in the sight of all men. If it is possible, as much as depends on you, live peacefully with all men. Beloved, do not avenge yourselves, but rather give place for, to wrath. For it is written, vengeance is mine, I will repay, says the Lord. Therefore, if your enemy is hungry, feed him. If he is thirsty, give him a drink. For in doing so, you will heap coals of fire on his head. Do not be overcome by evil but overcome evil with good. 
So what makes a Christian different from others? Basically, all those characteristics that were just referenced in the passage we read. It gives us a checklist of how to live a life that honours God. And just to put it in perhaps more simple terms, I'm just going to go through them, bullet points, one by one. These are the characteristics of a Christian. Being able to love without being a hypocrite. God calls us to real and sincere love. Love that goes beyond pretending and politeness. Real love requires concentration and effort. How many of us have perhaps been nice without giving it coming from our heart? I suspect all of us at times. Hating what is evil. Clinging to what is good. And that's becoming less and less in this world today. Being affectionate to each other and showing love. Honouring, respecting each other and giving them preference over ourselves. So easy to put ourselves first. You know. Being diligent in our service to God and to each other. Rejoicing in our hope of eternal life. Being patient in tribulation and times of trouble. Continuing steadfastly in prayer. Taking care of the needs of others and showing hospitality. Christian hospitality differs from social entertaining. Entertaining focuses on the host. Hospitality, by contrast, focuses on the guests and their needs. Blessing those who persecute us and not cursing them. Rejoicing with those who rejoice and weeping with those who weep. Treating each person the same in basically not showing favouritism. Not being proud, but instead associating with the humble. Not being wise in our own opinions. This means being able to accept advice from others and not acting that we're smarter than everyone else. Doing things in such a way that everyone can see that you're honourable. Sure, we'd all like, we all want that, honourable people. As much as possible, living peacefully with everyone. Not avenging ourselves, but remembering that vengeance belongs to God, who will repay in due time. I think people forget that. They are being judged as they go. Feeding our enemies when they are hungry. Not repaying evil with evil, and not being overcome by evil, but showing mercy even when there is only evil. Why does, Paul, why does Paul in this passage forget? Why does Paul in this passage tell us to forgive our enemies? Three reasons. It can break a cycle of retaliation and actually lead to reconciliation. It may make an enemy feel ashamed and change his ways in that, way, in that method. 
And by contrast, returning evil with evil hurts you just as much as it hurts your enemy. Even if your enemy never repents, forgiving them will free you from a heavy load of bitterness. What an amazing and at times a challenging list that is. How can we all do all of those things? Probably look at ourselves and think we let ourselves down at times against some of those. Some of those you'll think, wow, yeah, not me, not me. But, but we must not get discouraged because the great thing is that we are able to access the power of the Holy Spirit. So we're not expected to do all these things on our own. By being able to draw on the Holy Spirit, it enables us to ultimately do all the things on the list. Hopefully, you can start to see the benefits of the to be rather than not to be. But, but can, can we impact society? I mean, can you imagine a world where wealth was evenly shared? No one was hungry or cold. Arguments and disputes were settled without the need for violence and aggression. Greed was non-existent. It was full of Christians who all put others before themselves. Wow, yeah, exactly, Ben. What a great place that would be to live. However, it's a far cry from the real world where fighting and wars make people have to leave their homeland. Countries full of starving children with no proper medical treatment. And the fact that it's been said that something like 1% of the population own as much as the other 99% combined. However, as Christians, we still have an opportunity to make our little piece of the world a better place. Our society will benefit from our faith because as people learn to love, we start to treat each other with greater respect. We support the needy. We've become less greedy, less angry, more contented. And all of these will help us get that little bit closer to the society we want to be in. So, even if we can only impact society a little bit, we can try and make a difference. The society, the wide society, but what about ourselves personally? Are there any physical benefits of being a Christian? Yeah, of course there are. You, you must have known that I was going to come on and say that. Unfortunately, though, I'm not going to tell you that the minute you decide to follow Christ, you're going to lose those two stones that you need in order to get down to the perfect ways. But seriously, here are some of the health benefits of being a Christian. Less stress. One of the things Christ taught us is that we shouldn't worry so much. A person who has matured in their faith will understand how to give their worries to Jesus. In Matthew 6, 
25 to 33, Jesus told his disciples that there's no need to worry about what they'll eat, drink or wear because God already knows what his children need and is more than willing and capable of providing for all their needs. So I will just read the passage. And this is Matthew 6, 25 to 33. Therefore, I say to you, do not worry about your life, what you will eat or what you will drink, nor about your body, what you will put on. Is not life more than food and the body more than clothing? Look at the birds in the air, for they neither sow nor reap nor gather into barns, yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not of more value than they? Which of you, by worrying, can add one cubit to your stature? So why do you worry about clothing? Consider the lilies of the field, how they grow. They neither toil nor spin. And yet I say to you that even Solomon in all his glory was not arrayed like one of these. Now if God so clothes the grass of the field, which today is and tomorrow is thrown into the oven, will he not much more clothe you, O you of little faith? Therefore do not worry, saying, what shall we eat, or what shall we drink, or what shall we wear? For after all these things the Gentiles seek. For your heavenly Father knows that you need all these things. But seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added to you. And interestingly enough, following on that about worrying, comes to the verse Lorna picked up this morning in her prayer, Philippians 4, 6. Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be made, let your requests be made known to God and the peace of God which surpasses all understanding will guard your hearts and minds in Jesus Christ. So we've heard about worry, we've heard about anxiety, but also potentially being better able to cope with sickness. There's something comforting for us as Christians about knowing that this world is not our permanent home. It allows us to put many things into perspective, things like sickness and disease. The prophet Isaiah offered hope when he told his listeners, by his stripes we are healed. Because Jesus is the Son of God, we can receive healing either on this earth or in the life to come. So we can help sort out society. It's good for us personally. What else? Helping us get through tribulation and times of trouble that stem from the devil. 
Jesus told us all, his followers, that they would have tribulations. However, he didn't stop there. He went on to say that because he had overcome the world, those who believe in him have the ability to do the same. The Apostle Paul's teaching in Ephesians 6, 10 to 18 reminds believers that our trials stem from a spiritual source. But as Christians, we actually have the right weapons to deal with it. Again, really, really familiar um, set of passages from which is all about the armour of God. Finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. Put on the whole armour of God that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. For we do not wrestle against the flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this age, against spiritual hosts of wickedness in the heavenly places. Therefore, take up the whole armour of God that you may be able to withstand in the evil day and having done all to stand. Stand therefore, having girded your waist with truth, having put on the breastplate, breastplate of righteousness and having shod your feet with the preparation of the gospel of peace. Above all, taking the shield of faith with which you will be able to quench all the fiery darts of the wicked one. And take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is the word of God, praying always with all prayer and supplication in the Spirit, being watchful to this end with all perseverance and supplication for all the saints. And for me, that utterance may be given to me that I may open but my mouth boldly to make known the mystery of the gospel for which I am ambassador in chains that in it I make speak, may speak boldly as I ought to speak. A non-believer does not have this power to overcome the enemy because he's trying to do it in his own strength. So hopefully now we all feel better physically. We feel protected from trials and tribulations. But yes, what if you're lonely, fearful, concerned about things? Well, there's more good news, more encouragement. The beauty of the Christi being Christian is that we have the ability to call on God. Psalm 18.6 says, In my distress I called upon the Lord and cried to my God for help. He heard my voice out of his temple and my cry for help before he came into his ears. So as we wrestle with our emotions, we remember that these things are but for a short time and that it gives us hope. If we remain faithful, we will reap the rewards of our faith.
And scripture goes on much more to say about the benefits of being a Christian. And Matt, Matt this morning's introduction, he um, read, I think it was part of Psalm or Psalm 146, which said something like, bless the Lord, O my soul. And I've picked up actually Psalm 103, which starts, bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me, bless his holy name. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all his benefits. Again, more benefits. Who forgives all your iniquities, the things you've done wrong? Who heals all your diseases? Who redeems your life from destruction? Who crowns you with loving kindness and tender mercies? Who satisfies your mouth with good things? So that your youth is renewed like the eagles. start with this number first four again Zara. who redeems your life from destruction who crowns you with loving kindness and tender mercies who satisfies your mouth with good things so that your youth is renewed like the eagles the lord executes righteousness and justice for all who are oppressed he made known his ways to moses his acts the children of Israel. The Lord is merciful and gracious, slow to anger and abounding in mercy. He will not always strive with us, nor will he keep his anger forever. He has not dealt with us according to our sins, nor punished us according to our iniquities. For as the heavens are high above the earth, so great is his mercy towards those who fear him. As far as the east is from the west, so far he has removed our transgressions from us. Again, according to that psalm, full of encouragement, full of things we can have. Again, just picking out some of those, the forgiveness of sins, healing from diseases, a life redeemed from destruction. You know, we've, we've seen that in our own church, the situation certain people were in before they became a follower of Christ. Amazing, your life can just be completely transformed. God's loving kindness and tender mercies, the provision of food, righteousness from God, justice when we are oppressed and his mercy and grace and the verses about being benefit about the benefits of being in Christ just keep on coming you know and I I could have gone on for a, a lot longer but just uh, some more just to encourage you 
John 3, 16, 17. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whoever believes in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. For God did not send his Son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through him might be saved. Matthew 6, 33. But seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added to you. If we put God's kingdom first, then we may enjoy all these things. He promises heavenly treasure, rest in divine provision, and fulfillment of God's highest purpose for man, fellowship with him and being part of his kingdom. These sound like exceptional benefits to me. Why would you want to miss out on these? Everlasting fellowship, eternal life, just don't really understand what more you could want. 2 Timothy 3, 16-17 says, All scripture is given by the inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness, that the man of God may be complete, thoroughly equipped for every good work. When we come to the Bible and let God speak to us, it changes us. It makes us complete and it transforms us. When we let the Bible guide our thinking, our minds are renewed and transformed. So we begin to actually think like God thinks. Proverbs 1.7 The fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge, but fools despise wisdom and instruction. The right relationship with him is the key to wisdom. Boy, how many of us need wisdom at times in the decisions we make? We'll all look at things we've done. We thought we were doing the right thing, but probably in our hearts and hearts we knew we were. So, I hope in the last 20 minutes or half an hour, I've reminded you of some, and they are only some, of the privileges and benefits of being a Christian and a child of God. As well as reminding you that to be is the way and how we need to encourage those who are not to be to remove the not. Amen.